Hello, everyone, and welcome to One Control Port Podcast, episode 252. I'm Benjamin Yoder, here today talking about video games. We actually have a good diversity of topics today, I feel like. Um, however, we must start with some mourning. Um, unfortunately, Otokodal and Eureka Battle have finally ended their service, so they, they ended on March 31st, which was something that was previously announced that was going to happen. Um, so rest in peace. Um, I'm sure they probably have some sort of offline mode you can interact with what that is and what it does. I'm not really quite sure. And a lot of those arcade machines are being removed from, um, uh, the actual arcades themselves. Although I did see one had like a free play setup you could do where you could like pay a flat amount and they had the machine set on free play and you could sit down and just play it for, for how, I think it's like 30 minutes to an hour or something like that. So, um, I don't know if that's a long-term thing or they just like, while we have this machine, you can do this if you want kind of thing. So, um, but yeah, without that online mode, I don't think you can print cards or make new cards. And, and that's kind of essential for those games. Those games are built around you being able to get new cards and having those cards associated with your account. At least a Tokadol, all those cards are locked to your character. So you don't really, you can't just like go in and like use somebody else's card and it like gives you something on your your um, uh, account. I'm not sure for a Eureka Battle. A Eureka Battle might be a little more flexible because things are built around like almost more a Pokemon style approach where uh, a, a Tokadol was about like gearing up your character with like a loadout essentially. So, so you create those loadouts and put them in your card. So either way, the communities had their little day on that, uh, that date. So they had like a hashtags for, um, like Arigato, a Tokadol or Eureka battle. I think it's like Eureka battle, Arigato and a Tokadol, Arigato or something like that. Um, and then, so they were posting up some art, their picture, their cards, all those things. I joined in for the uh, Tokadol one, at least. I had, I only played Eureka Battle once. I only pl- like found a machine at round one in Japan and only gave it one go. Um, but I did go ahead and import something called a Eureka uh, Battle, I think Perfect Device is what the Google Translate spits it out as, whether that's accurate, it's a whole other thing. Um, but it's like a little handheld version of Eureka Battle, it seems like, where it has like a little mini version of it. And and I don't think it uses like the cards that you use to play the game. Instead, it uses like these SD cards instead. And those SD cards are numbered. And I think there's one through six. And there are multiple of these devices. So I think you have to kind of like upgrade to later devices to get um, um, all the, the cards to work. So like if you're on the last device, then I think you can use cards one through six versus the first one. You can only use like the first set of cards they released. Um, but the later, uh, devices are very expensive now. I'm guessing whenever Eureka Battle was first, uh, announced to be shutting down, uh, probably a lot of people picked those things up as a way to continue to play Eureka Battle in some fashion. Um, and so they're like $300 now, which is not an amount I'm willing to pay for something like that. So the original device, which I believe has set card one and two in there, um, that one is, I believe, uh, or I, I paid $30 for it, which is a little high maybe, but I think think reasonable and I think it'll be fun to poke around with. I don't know how we'll poke around with that on the website yet, but I think it'll be a fun little thing to talk about at the very least on the podcast, assuming I can get it running. I, I know you can like connect it to the arcade machine in some way. I don't know if that is an essential step or if that is just something you can do with it. So yeah. Anyways, sad news, but I have happy news. I finally did it. I finally beat Indiana Jones and the Infernal Machine. It only took me like over a year. I I, I don't want to get too much in the details of why I stopped, but I like I think it was like late 2020 I started playing it, and I really like Indiana Jones and the Infernal Machine. Um, but I kind of ran into two issues. 
Um, one is I started working on an article that was kind of related to it and that took priority for a bit. So I kind of put it on hold. The second thing was I was having an immense number of technical issues, issues with the game that did not seem to be something that was reflected in most people's experience with the game. So I don't think there's like related to the game itself. And uh, if you listen to some of those old podcasts, you probably hear me. It's like, it's around the time, like right before we started streaming quest 64, I was having a lot of issues with my Nintendo 64. So I thought maybe you know, it was my Nintendo 64 that was causing problems. And so I replaced my 64 and that fixed a lot of issues I was having across a variety of games. So I think there was a problem with my Nintendo 64 itself. However, Indiana Jones continued to have issues, just not as bad. So I think both the cartridge and the 64 were bad, which is probably why the glitchiness was so bad. Um, so I did have to deal with some glitchiness. There was some freezing. That was something that was was continuing to happen. Um, but uh, but I still was enjoying it. And despite the frustrations that came with the glitchiness that was happening, I, I still really enjoyed the game by the end of it. Um, so I had to, at some point just put it on hold and then I just kind of lost track of it, right? Things get busy and you go off and do other things. So that's just unfortunate of what happened there, but it did. But I'm happy to say I went and sit, sat down and finally beat it. So I'm really happy about that. If you're ever like, I want to play Indiana Jones in the Infernal Machine, I think it's a great game to play. Um, it is really cool, like kind of platformer. Um, and it has like, like Ocarina of Time style, like items. You just get a variety of guns and stuff. And you just like can like, they're assigned to, like the C buttons. You can kind of move them to your A and B button and like shoot enemies with it and say things like that. It feels very Zelda-like in a lot of ways, honestly. Um, but maybe a little more PC-like. Maybe like Tomb Raider more than anything, honestly. And and that was one of the complaints I saw about the, the uh, PC version. I read IGN's review of the PC, PC version. And apparently they were really unhappy with the controls in that version. And the, the particular thing they cited was that it felt like Tomb Raider's controls, which I have not played many games like Tomb Raider. So maybe that'd be a problem for me. Maybe not. I'm not 100% sure, to be honest with you. Um, so that is something that might be a problem if you, if you play that, but I think the 64 version is a good way to go. There's some visual downgrades for sure. Um, but I think it is still a, a great version of that game. So if you are looking for really cool Nintendo 64 games, you haven't played yet. I would definitely put Indiana Jones and the Infernal Machine high on that list of games for you to check out. I will say I probably will not review it for two reasons. One, the immense gap between me playing the first two thirds of that game and finishing it. And then also because of the glitchy nature of my experience with using the Nintendo 64 and using the the cartridge I have, um, I just feel like that my experience was probably tainted quite a bit. There was a lot of frustration I had in playing that game, and it was hard to tell what was the game's fault and what was the um, you know technical issue fault that I was having. So um, I might at some point I, I, I kind of kicked this idea to my friend of maybe doing like a technical um, showcase of like our technical glitch showcase and like editing a bunch of stuff together. Um, that might be something I do. It wouldn't be like any kind of main content. It'd just be like a little goofy video I upload it might go to the archive channel instead or something um but i thought about maybe doing that so i'll think about it i did record pretty much my entire playthrough of that game so um very fun though and i definitely highly recommend it if you're into those kind of things i was not aware there's apparently an indiana jones game on the ps2 and xbox i was completely unaware of this i think it's called the explorer explorer something i don't know um but i do have the staff of kings on the wii and i've always wanted to play that staff of king games on the wii i think there's a ps2 and psp version as well at least the ps2 version i'm pretty sure don't quote me on that. I own the Wii version, though. <laughs> um, although it's one of those games that, like, it, it probably uses the motion controls in a bad way, thinking about it. Like, they probably, somebody was like, use the the Wiimote for the whip. And then it's like, maybe this wasn't the best idea, probably. But I have not played it. Maybe it's fine. Um, so, so yeah, that's the Dead by Daylight people, I think, that worked on that game. Uh, I'm trying to remember what their name is. 
my brain is saying Bethesda. It's not Bethesda. Um, some people did wet. Uh, behavior, behavior entertainment. That's who it was. So they made that game. The um, the Wii one. The, the uh, Infernal Machine is actually a Factor Five game. Interestingly enough. So, yeah. So I went and played through that. That was a good time. And then one other thing I started this weekend. I unfortunately was not able to finish it. Is installing my PC 98s uh, PCFX GA card. It's a lot of letters there and numbers. <laughs> um, but uh, if you haven't heard my 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 uh, uh, rambling about this before, this is like literally a PCFX like on a board essentially that you can slide into a PC 98, which is like a Japanese computer, and then utilize the PCFX within the PC itself essentially. Um, it is really weird. It would be almost like shoving a GameCube into your current PC. Um, it even on the PC-98 has its own power source that it requires, so you have to plug a power source in. Very bizarre thing. There's also a DOS version, and the DOS version seems a little more integrated into the the device or the PC itself, but it is still very much a separate thing. It launches a separate, you know, video signal that goes to a different PC, and it, like, doesn't really check the OS for anything at all. Like, it will launch up on its own, even if you don't, like, launch into the OS. It's very, very, very strange thing. Um, so the card installation itself was very easy. I took my, I took the top off my PC, um, 98, but realized I actually did not need to do that. All I had to do was remove the metal plate on the back of my PC 98 and slide the card in essentially. So very, very easy installation in that regard. However, I did run into two, well, a few problems when it comes to the card itself. The issue I ran into was um, it needs to uh, communicate with the disk drive. So it doesn't have its own disk drive. It does use the PC's disk drive. And I have not been able to, and by disk drive, I mean CD drive, I should say, because the PC or PCFX uses CDs. So um, I can't get it to recognize the PC, uh, the, the disk drive right now. I believe the reason why that's happening is because I actually don't have the uh whatever needs to be installed for ms dos to recognize the cd drive i think is what it is so um so there's that thing i also to create the memory so you can actually save games you have to use a floppy disk to install um on the uh pcfx uh or on the pc98 um and and so you can basically have space to to install save games to so I started that process but i think until i get the cd drive thing figured out I can't advance in that process. So that's on hold there. So the CD drive thing is definitely the next most important thing. So that's really where I'm at like right now in terms of stuck, being stuck. However, I did have a significantly hard time getting to that point um, for unrelated reasons. Um, so what's weird about this thing is again, like I mentioned, the PCFX is kind of its own separate thing. So it has a video out that comes out of there. And the video out is the same as the PCFX. It's a S video or composite video out. It's not using a like a RGB video signal from the PC itself. So what happens is for me to utilize the PC98 at the same time to set up all this stuff, and then also you know utilize the PCFX, I need to feed both of these things into an upscaler to make them work on my PC and allow me to capture them and display them on a screen, essentially. I only feed all my things into one screen, so I can't just like easily do like a dual layout setup where I have one captured one going to the other one and then the other one going to the other. Like I have to just flip between the screens, essentially, because of how my capture setup is. 
However, one thing I have not tested after I got my Retro Tink was whether or not the PC-98 would play nice with it. And maybe it can. I don't 100% know what's going on with it, but I could never get the PC-98 to handshake with my Retro Tink, unfortunately. So I had to go back to my Frame Meister, which I can get to handshake with it. And the Frame Meister, if you don't know, I'm using like a RGB to VGA adapter, which goes into like a sync um, um, I think sync timer or something like that. I don't know what it is. It's some kind of sync thing. That's like a box that I got from like, I imported it from Turkey, weirdly enough. Um, and then that goes out into RGB as a SCART connection. And then that goes into the, the, the um, frame meister itself. And then that goes out from HDMI to my capture card. But keep in mind, this is for my PC 98. So the PCFX is running separately. So I'm running two separate video signals through two different upscaling setups and then back into one card essentially. And it's just kind of a nightmare. And I like, there's a few things I need to like actually test with my PC 98 still. I have sound card issues, so I haven't wired that stuff back up. But by the time I'm done setting this up, it's going to be a nightmare um, of stuff. And and then that means I also have to add more power uh, connections to, to my setup because I'm going to have to plug the um the PCF PC98 in in addition to the PCFX GA in addition to a frame meister in addition to the sync uh 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 whatever it is the sync the turkey sync device I got whenever I purchased that to make the whole thing work for my PC98 so so it, it means I have four new like power outlets I need to fill in and I don't necessarily have that space I also ran into a problem with my step down converter um, that the PCFX GA power box was too big for it and it would press the power converter power switch off because of how big it is and I could not flip it on because the, the, the box for it was in the way. So in the meantime, and this might, I don't know if this is a fire hazard, but I have an extension cable plugged into the step-down converter which then plugs into the PCFX GA power brick. So it was an adventure. I'm not done yet. It's all literally just sprawled on the floor over here. It's kind of a bad setup for me this week in terms of recording the video, honestly. It's not a great situation I'm in right now, but uh, but I'll, I'll work on it a bit more. The big thing is I just need to install whatever that CD drive thing is, figure that out. And then at that point, I need to think about wiring this thing. So my original intention, if you didn't know, um, I talked a few weeks ago to inc increase the, the scale of this conversation. I wanted to move my switch and wheeze up to the top shelf because it gives it more like open airness. And I've been having issues with the switch and, and, and Wii remotes like disconnecting because of some reason, you know, some kind of interference that's happening essentially. So I was like, maybe if I don't have it down at the bottom shelf, like in a cupboard, essentially I can move those things up to the top and get a better connection. So I moved the PC 98 down to the bottom shelf where that was the intention. I've not done it yet. However, the PCFX controller connector is on the back of the PC98. So that means if I put it on the bottom shelf, I don't know if the cable's gonna reach up to my desk. So I think I might have to put it on the middle shelf, which means I have to move my PS2, Nintendo 64, and all that stuff down a shelf. And worst case scenario, if that doesn't work, I'm gonna have to move my upscalers onto the top shelf down to the shelf below. So it's just a nightmare right now. This this project was a nightmare, but the, before I reorganize anything, I'm gonna get the PCFX GA working. But once I have it done and working, that basically is a PCFX that's sitting there. So, you know, for all intents and purposes, it is the same thing. So, um, you know, it will be 
me being able to try some things out on there. We'll be playing some Dojin games probably at some point. I'll have to figure out how to load those on. Uh, there's a lot of steps in this process for the PCFXGA to actually work, unfortunately. So I think we'll get there. Um, I think we'll get there. So, <laughs> so yeah. And then if, if that works great, then like maybe I don't have to use my old PCFX as much. And because it's like a standard CD drive, assuming I can get it to work, that means I don't have to worry about the laser, you know, dying. I just have to worry about my PC98 dying. <laughs> so, so that's, that's, that's just the, an option there for that. So very exciting stuff for that. So that was pretty much my, my things to do uh, this week. Um, so in terms of now that Indiana Jones is finished, um, there's a couple different routes I can take in terms of finishing games. Um, Buddy Mission Bond is a great option right now. Um, and then also um, Curse of the Moon 2, I could go through, go through and try to solo finish that. Um, I have a friend who wants to play that on PC, though. I just have to start over when we do that. So part of me wants to optimize my time and per push Curse of the Moon off until me and my friend sit down and play through that. But I worry with, with Generation Zero and Crystal Chronicles going on, that's not going to be something that happens anytime soon. We actually did play a little bit of Apex this weekend as well. However, I might, um, in, in, in the short term, maybe encourage us to play Curse of the Moon 2 if we decide to play Apex instead. Be like, hey, let's let's swap this out and, and try to get through Curse of the Moon 2. We haven't tried it yet. It's local multiplayer only for Curse of the Moon. So we're going to have to do like a Parsec or Steam or yeah, Steam streaming setup or something like that. Probably start with Steam streaming and see if that works. And then worst case scenario, maybe like a Parsec setup or something like that. Um, um, for that. So, so anyways, so I think buddy mission bond is pretty high on that list. I feel like I'm missing something else. I feel like there's one other thing that I was going to try to sit down and play through at some point. Um, I might look at how long Kogan is. I would like to get Kogan off my plate. That is something I would like to do. And I hear it's a short game. Let me see if I can figure out real quick while we're sitting here, uh, how long to beat Kogan. Okay. So it sounds like you play through the five stages It's very quick, very quick and easy. And then there's another, you play through the five stages again, but the difficulty of them has been ramped up significantly. So, so we'll see. Buddy Mission Bond is going to be a pretty big commitment. So I'm going to do a little bit of kind of rethinking things. I'm going to focus on the PCF XGA this week. I also do need to get back to Sparkling Feather here. Um, so that actually, that's probably the real answer is get back to Sparkling Feather, honestly. So that's probably what's going to take priority over Buddy Mission Bond. Um, the, the, if you don't know what I need to do with Sparkling Feather, it's not that important, but I would like to do it is try to get the good ending to Sparkling Feather. I don't think I'm going to be able to figure that out. Unfortunately, there's not a lot of resources online. Um, but I really am hopeful that, um, uh, I can figure it out, um, uh, before I, I do that kind of PCFX English guide. I kind of already know what I want to say about the English guide. I will say I have been thinking recently about with the English guides, making the more full videos, um, because the, the amount of effort it took to do the Ojo Sama Sosomu one, um, it made me think like, I'm, I might as well kind of also talk about the game itself at the same time. Um, I think there's a couple reasons I'm thinking of that. One is PCFX games in particular have particular quirks to them. And even though I'm kind of of the mind of like, hey, you should determine whether or not you want to play this on your own. Um, I think it'd be good to talk a little bit about the game. I just don't want to do like some crazy long review. And I don't want to tell you not to play a game. That is the big thing I don't want. I don't want to tell you to don't play something. I will tell you what's good and bad about it. I think it's going to happen. But I'm not going to tell you to whether or not you should buy it or not. I think is the thing. Um, I think is what I want to try to do with that. So, um, I say that, but then I, you know, <laughs> I think in the, the, uh, uh, battle heat, uh, review, I did mention, you know, buying that if you wanted to check it out, but anyways, so there we go. That's all that. So 
It's time. It's Patreon time. Hey, just heads up. Last week I said we we're going to have the Jumping Flash uh, casual review that was unfinished going up. I pushed that back a week because Nintendoji video is coming out this week. So I'll talk about that more later. But the Jumping Flash video is going to be pushed back to next week. Um, so I moved all the dates for that. Hopefully. I believe I did. <laughs> um, um, so if you don't know, for the Patreon, there's two Patreon levels. The $5 Patreon level that gets you the bonus content, like that unfinished Jumping Flash casual review that will be going up there. Um, however, um, if you do the $3 Patreon level, and if you're at the $5 one, you can also ask a Patreon question for the podcast. And so every week we have a podcast question that comes up. Um, and then if you want to ask a question, all you have to do on the Patreon is go to the post that goes up on Mondays, typically around like 3 p.m. Pacific time, but sometime that evening, um, and go ahead and ask your question in there. Until we get multiple questions in a week, we're not going to worry too much about, you know, who goes when and what. If, if, if we suddenly start getting a bunch of questions per week, we'll figure that out. But for now, pretty much if you're going to comment on there, you're going to get your question answered at this point. So, so Yes. Um, anyways, so uh, this week for the Patreon, we have uh, Discreet, Jillian, and Paul Daniel again. Those three are our Patreon subscribers. And uh, we also have a question from Jillian this week, which is, um, how long did it take, uh, or what's the what's the longest it has taken for you to finish a game start to finish? Now, there's a few answers from you here. Jillian had a response in here that it took her 11 years to finish off Ocarina Time. Uh, Ocarina Time is probably honestly one of the first games I ever beat, to be honest with you. Like, that, Ocarina Time is a game that I remember sitting down and thinking about, how do I get to the end of this? Where I feel like most games before that, I did not really think about that that much. Like, I played Mario 64, but at no point did I think about how do I finish Mario 64? I just did whatever it was, and then if I got to the end, I got to the end. Ocarina of Time was very much like the credits roll. I'm going for it. I'm going to go defeat Ganon kind of thing for me. So um, anyways, so the answer to this for me very much depends on what you mean by like longest it took you for you to beat a game. Um, if we're, if we're going to talk about absolute longest, you know, Final Fantasy XI is a big one just because of the fact it's an MMO and that story was told over the course of like, you know, 15 to 20 years. And so even if you wanted to beat that in a short time, you couldn't. You could maybe count like individual expansions or something like that on its own, but that's probably the technically right answer because that's when the actual story ended was with um uh i forget what it's called the rhapsodies of, of vanadil i believe it was called um although they recently have been adding story again but i think it's like fairly like minor stuff um and then uh the other op one i could probably say is xenoblade chronicles x i didn't finish that game till january last year and i received that game uh three weeks before launch, I think, if I recall correctly, or two weeks before launch, maybe. It was a time frame before launch within that month, essentially. And I only finally beat it early last year. Um, I did have some other games as well, like Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, which is a game that I got to the end of the game multiple times. Um, but because of variety of reasons playing fantasy star online and things like that sometimes you end up with a corrupt memory card <laughs> and i i lost my progress in crystal chronicles multiple times near the end of the game frequently so um i forget when i finished crystal chronicles but definitely was um um you know took a long time for me to get to there and uh you know while i didn't technically finish crystal Cro finish in quotes crystal chronicles those first few times i played through it um i more or less consider myself having beat the game at that point because I, I really just got stuck on the final boss and then my last playthrough on the gamecube version i was like i'm not taking any risks i'm grinding the hell out of this game so i grinded and then got to the boss and just like blew through it and was like okay cool done and then i played the hd version so <laughs> so crystal chronicles the game that i've probably beaten one of the most most like most beaten games i have outside of maybe like resident Evil 4 and like ocarina of time maybe so 
Um, and those games all kind of like were spread out for a variety of reasons. So there's large gaps in times of when I, I played them. So the other factor we could talk about here is if I, the longest game I played that was like fairly consistently that I was playing it and Final Fantasy 12 is one. I played that like in little chunks and bits over the course of one year. And, um, and it really messed up how I perceived that game at the time. Cause I was so used to playing like RPGs within like a weekend kind of thing, like getting, you know, 20 to 40 hours in over the course of like a week or something like that. Cause you know, you're a kid, whatever, do fucking whatever you want. <laughs> but, um, uh, Final Fantasy 12, I, I kept putting off because I was playing Final Fantasy 11 and I loved Final Fantasy 11 so much. So the main reason I played Final Fantasy 12 is whenever my sister asked me to. So I'd put it in and play and I play for like whatever Length of, length of time she's gonna hang out in my room for and then once she was gone i was like back on the final fantasy 11 baby so so yeah uh that game took me about a year and i don't remember much of it at all that is one of the final fantasies i need to replay alongside final fantasy 8 is another final fantasy i need to replay but i will probably not replay them unfortunately so that's it for the Patreon. Again, thank you guys so much for, for contributing to that. Um, if you want to ask a question, again, just the $3 Patreon level. If you want bonus content, um, we had the PCFXGA unboxing video that came out a couple weeks ago now. That Jumping Flash uh, Unfinished Casual Reviews coming up here shortly. And then I did go ahead and record my installation of the PCFXGA card itself into my PC98. So you can see me struggle with that because I'm bad with my hands on things. Uh, I will say the whole PC98 process of setting that up to my capture setup i did not record that is a more of a i just something i need to do you know it probably would be interesting to show the problems i run into but like actually trying to do that you know while i'm working on other things is a very hard thing to do i'm not sitting down and just doing that i'm like jumping between doing other things as well so um yeah but i am i am kind of recording certain parts of the process in terms of you know installing things you know running the disc and things like that that will not be in the next video probably that'll be in the video afterwards probably so at the end we're probably getting like a three-parter to this pcfxga thing for the uh, the patreon itself essentially so again thank you it's time it's time for news um i know how i mentioned before for new game plus expo i was gonna try to stream it i did not wake up in time to stream it unfortunately so rest in peace and i'll be honest with you i saw this this event broken up in many chunks i did not see the entire thing all in one go so i don't really have a great concept for exactly what was in there and how it was presented i will say there was a lot of indie games in there that didn't look like the things i would expect from new game plus expo or whatever i usually think of smaller japanese games when i think of that so seeing some of those indie games in there was kind of like uh, does this really fit in what's going on here i don't know so, but hey, whatever. It's probably like scale wise for sure, for sure. Just like that's just not the topic I'm looking for. It's like when the, when Sony was like, we're having Japanese announcements for this uh, state of play, and then they throw like Returnal in there, and like, what is Returnal doing here? <laughs> like, what's going on? So, so yeah, my my favorite Japanese studio, House Mark Games. So, so yeah. Um, in terms of interesting things for, for us from New Game Plus Expo, Gunvolt 3 got a release date of July 28th, limited run games per usual, so probably be importing that. Um, I've already said what I'm going to say about that, but I'll just kind of remind you guys real quick, you know, I, I am interested in Gunvolt 3. I thought the character me mechanics looked pretty cool. You, like, basically have these cards you throw, and you tag enemies, so it's very similar to how Gunvolt tags enemies, but then it's more like Copen in terms of how you attack, where where the girl, I think her name's Kieran, uh, jumps to enemies and attacks them like, like that. So she's kind of like a cool mix between Gunvolt and Copen put together. I believe in the past trailers, they've also shown her ability to like deflect projectiles and things like that as well. 
So that that is a component there too. So I'm excited for that game. Just the fact that I have Gunvolt, um, Luminous Avengers, uh, X2, and Kogan means that I'm just not super like, I don't feel like I need Gunvolt 3. This is like within a six month window, we're getting two Gunvolt games and a Gunvolt like that is officially sanctioned by, by Integrates essentially. So just kind of weird timing on that. Um, so I will probably pick it up. Um, just because I definitely know I want to play that character. So, uh, I'll get there. Um, but I'll probably import it again just to avoid the limited run games year long wait kind of thing with that. So, but yeah, July 28th is when that's coming out. Um, there's a re-release of Rhapsody coming out, Rhapsody, a musical adventure. I only ever played the DS release of this game, which is actually kind of a different game than the PlayStation version. The release they're putting in this collection, they're doing, I think it's like Disgaea or NIS America collection, uh, volume three or something like that. They're including the PlayStation version of that game in there, it seems like. Um, I'm hoping that they keep the dub in there because I love the English tracks for the music and stuff like that. I think Disgaea games typically have dubs today, so I would expect that to be the case. Obviously, I would also really hope that they include the original Japanese tracks in there. I'm not sure how like their track record has been with that in IS America or not, but very excited to see that re-release. There are multiple of those games in that Rhapsody franchise, so I think it would be really cool to see more of those come out and be localized um, whether they happen or not is a whole other thing, but very cool. If you don't know, the Rhapsody musical adventure is like a, a very simple, the DS one's like a simple JRPG. The PlayStation one's like a simple strategy RPG. Not great games per se, but very charming, great soundtrack, all that fun stuff. Very cute story as well um, with that. Jack Jean, I got its actual English announcement release date. So I don't think beforehand they mentioned when this, this was going to be coming out. Um, but they didn't announce on the Japanese Twitter that they were going to have localized versions of Jack Jean. This is that Otome rhythm game uh, that uh, once they, or that 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 I've talked about a couple times. I have not looked at the trailer for this yet. I will say so. I don't know if that, something cool is shown off in there at all. But I imagine it's just what we've already seen with that great art style, by the way, for that game. Anyways, uh, Jack Jean uh, is getting a 2023 English release date, so it's actually pretty far out. Um, which I'm, I'm okay with. I, I, I can take the time. Maybe by the time that thing comes out, I will be ready for it right now. I'm not ready for it, but, but maybe. So anyways, Jack Jean, that's going to be coming out 2023. Um, they also showed off some Pocky and Rocky. I'm on the fence about getting Pocky and Rocky. I do really want to try it out. I, I think what will probably be a big thing for me is if it has online multiplayer or not, I think I would, I wouldn't mind playing through it with somebody. Um, the physical version of the game does not seem that expensive for the Japanese release. And I think it's going, I think the, the, U.S. English releases coming through strictly limited games, which I, I don't know if that's the same situation as Liver Run, where it's like, we're going to take a year to ship this to you kind of thing. I've only had one strictly limited game, and I was gifted it, um, the Umuhari Kawase uh, uh, Plus Plus uh, Edition or whatever game that was. Um, so, yeah, that is coming. Uh, we've talked about that before. I, I already have Snow Princess Sayuki I need to play through, so the real answer is I need to play Snow Princess Sayuki. Um, which is also a multiplayer thing. So I might try to recruit someone for that eventually as well too. But I have the Wii version, so I probably should just play the PC version. <laughs> That's probably what's going to happen. Probably going to just count the playing the PC version as finishing the Wii version. Um, so, so yeah. Uh, there's a PS2 game called Kamiwaza, which is kind of like a ninja game. It reminds me a little bit of uh, like the Shin, I think it's a Shinbodu series or something like that. Um, there's a lot of those kind of like ninja games in the PS1 and PS2 era. So like, to me, it doesn't really stand out. I'm like this kind of looks like a lot of these games to me. Um, but it was like a late PS2 release and didn't get localized. So I'm all on board for that coming out here. I think it's coming out on PS4, Switch, and, uh, I don't know if it was coming out on Xbox or not. So Kamiwaza still looks very cool. I think it's an acquired game actually specifically. So 
And then there was a uh, on-rail shooter called uh, Hor- oh my, the, the spelling on this Horgi Hoog. Horgy Who and the Friends, just kind of like a cute little side-scrolling shooter. I'll never play it, but it just had a really cute aesthetic, and I appreciated it being in the show itself. So a little a little low on announcements for me for New Game Expo, but again, like I said, I didn't exactly pay a ton of attention. But, um, you know, Jack Jean coming 2023, great. We just kind of already knew that. Gumbolt 3, you know, we've been knowing about that game for a while. The new gameplay looks great, though, I will say. Um, so those are kind of the big things and Rhapsody re-release. I don't think I will purchase Rhapsody again. Um, but like really good on them for re-releasing that game. That was a very cool video game. Um, just maybe not a great game. (laughs) So, so yeah. And the last two news stories here are pretty short ones. Uh, Monster Hunter Riders is ending its service. We probably haven't talked about Monster Hunter Riders since it was originally announced. This is a Monster Hunter mobile game that was designed in the style of Monster Hunter Stories. And at the time, Monster Hunter Stories 2 was not announced. So as much as I loved the look of the game, I was always kind of lamenting the fact that Monster Hunter Stories 2 was not a thing yet. Now, Monster Hunter Stories 2 was a thing and released, so, you know, I kind of got what I wanted, but it is still sad to see Monster Hunter Riders end service. I do like the visual aesthetic of the game a lot. I think I know somebody who played that game a little bit, um, but I don't think it ever got localized. I think it was Japan only, and, you know, the reality is is that most mobile games, especially gacha ones, are not really going to be for me, unfortunately. I will occasionally jump onto them, but just not super frequently. And the last story here is that E3 has been fully canceled for this year, so no digital event no physical event. So we're going to be stuck with just summer game fests overall. Um, I will say the the one thing, you know, obviously there's the nostalgic factor with E3. I'm not going to get into that. I don't think that's really a lot of value in that unless we're just going to talk about, you know, celebrity CEOs and the, the, how those, those things are presented. I'll be honest with you. I've always preferred kind of the older E3 stuff with, with like the more business oriented stuff, but that's just me. I, I like those kind of business conference kind of calls for video games. GDC talks, very cool, things like that. Um, but anyways, all that aside, um, you know, the, the the thing that I really like that E3 still brought to the table, you know, pre, pre-COVID and everything was um, the bringing everything and announcing everything kind of all at this one blast of time. So everyone's kind of showing off what they have. And especially with Summer Games Fest, that has become less and less of a thing um, now. So it's 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 a it's a sad to see it not show up this year. They did say they're going to try again for next year, but you know even before all this happened, you know people were really antsy about what E3 was actually going to be because E3 was just becoming less and less relevant of a show. So um, you know unfortunately, I, I don't think we're going to have anything kind of replace that. I don't personally feel like Summer Game Fest is something that. Um, really replicates that E3 feeling, to be honest with you, um, because it is so spread out. Um, if if if, Je- if Jeff can like tighten that window up more, I think I would be a lot more interested because then it's like, here's this timeline of things that are going to happen, you know, kind of thing. But, you know, and then like with, with how things are, even if you did tighten that timeline, things are announced throughout the year all the time now. So it's just the reality of the current modern day, but still kind of definitely feels like an end of an era to some degree. Um, but in the reality, probably not that big of a deal outside of old people like me being like, you know, wistful is wistful a word that i want to use here I'm just like i look at the video version i got this little like pokey poke of my hair sticking out hello pokey poke Woo. um anyway this <laughs> so so yeah and that's it for the show this week thank you for coming onecontrollerpro.com is the website as i mentioned earlier nintendo g video it is done i have confirmed it is launching wednesday this week at 9 a.m unless something crazy happens that is happening so i'm very excited for it please check out take a look at it and watch the video um i really hate like pushing this kind of stuff but like i really don't know what to do in terms of spreading these kind of things like in terms of you know where i should share them how to get traction on them 
I did a very YouTube-y kind of YouTube thumbnail of it being like an amazing DSiWare game or, or DSiWare game you never played kind of thing, which I don't like doing that. But um, it does. I I do notice like when I when I change the thumbnails to be lean more in that direction, that definitely helps with success and things like that with that. So we'll see. Um, but anyways, uh, really though, if, if you can, um, please share it. That'd be a big help to me. If you have any communities you're a part of that would be interested in a, you know, Nintendo DSiWare exclusive that is, you know, an import obscure title. I think there's probably a lot of communities where that's relevant. Um, I feel personally a bit, um, you know, uh, unable to do that really just because I'm not part of those communities. So it feels rude for me to come in and post in them. You know, I've definitely kind of played with the idea of posting in reddits from time to time, but you know, I really try to respect their rules. And I don't want to come in and just promote, just promote. Even if I just come in to talk for like a week and then get out after I promote, it, it still feels dirty to me in a lot of ways. So if you do know somebody or you knew a group group that you do that, that likes that kind of stuff, um, I would really appreciate if you shared it. Um, I do think Nintendoji is a game that needs a lot more love as a whole as well. Um, so I would, I would really appreciate it. Um, in terms of stream stuff, this upcoming week, we're going to try to finish up Pac-Man World 2. I don't expect that to be a problem. I think we're near the end of the game. We should be able to end it pretty early. We also are going to do a casual review, I'm sure, of it too. I think we'll have extra time at the end of the stream. My original plan was to stream Akazuken Chacha um the uh board game on the pcfx we will not be doing that um the reason being is that i looked into it recently and it seems like unless you know what to do going forward if this is even a thing i don't even know that those those games can go for hours so we're going to put that on hold until i can do some more research about the game and also it'll probably be something that i'll try to do with the pcfx ga um so we will we will probably try to do it there um so that is happening. Uh, so what we're going to do instead is we're going to play the Sky Surfer, um, which is another, which is a PS2 import game. Uh, looks very much like a simple series game. We're going to play that. Hopefully have a great time with that. Um, and then after Pac-Man World 2, we're starting that shift to focus more on like Japanese games. So I put up a poll on YouTube if you want to go vote. Um, there are three games on there, although really one I'm going to try to like, I'm going to hope is not going to win because I learned something about it this week. Um, so Crime Crackers, it's like the PS1 kind of dungeon crawling first person shooter. Um, that's on that list. Um, and it's currently, at least of as of this recording that I'm doing it, tied with Deep Freeze, kind of like an action survival horror kind of game with like really cheesy, fun voice acting. So those are the two highest voted ones. The third one is Hard Luck. Now, I picked up Hard Luck thinking it was a Japanese exclusive. It is not. There's a PAL version of Hard Luck. However, it is $200, so I don't mind picking up the Japanese version. <laughs> um, but I would probably use Hard Luck as an opportunity along with some other games, to uh, learn how to get games on the PS2 from other regions and, and you know, essentially use the ISO or whatever. You're like, going around what we gotta do. So I, I just keep the physical version of the, the, the Japanese one, and then we just play the PAL version. Um, there's a couple different ways to do that, in my understanding. There's, like, ways you can do it with burning games directly. There's ways you can do it with mod chips, and then there's ways you can do it with the memory card in more recent years. Um, that latter option being probably the one I'm most interested in for that. 
Um, so I got to figure that one out. It has an SD card slot on there. So, um, I don't believe those are readily accessible. So I don't know like what the timeline of that would look like. So, um, it's something I just need to look into. It's just not like high on my priority list right now, but, um, hard luck is losing that poll as much as I would honestly have preferred hard luck to win. Um, now that I know there's a PAL release called, I think it's called like firefighter heroes or something like that, or hero firefighter or something like that. Um, I, I would prefer just play the PAL version, play it in English. Like I said, during the PCFX G or PCA or the, uh, Japanese games, if you don't know Japanese, if you have the opportunity to play something in English, just play it in English. It's going to be the better thing for you if you're not going to be willing to learn Japanese. So, yes. Um, and then after the Nintendo G video, I don't have any set plans quite yet. Um, as I mentioned earlier, Sparkling Feather is probably something I need to get back to so we can do the Sparkling Feather English Guide video. Finally, it's going to be like a year after I said I wanted to do it once we get down to it. That's going to be on my PCFX though, because my save file is on my PCFX. So, so we're going to stick to that. Um, I don't even have to really finish it if I want to do the English guide video, but I would like to at least give a shot to try to get to the end. Um, unfortunately, trying to uh, get a good ending in that game has a lot of complicated factors that I don't really know what to do with. Um, that game might require multiple playthroughs. I don't know, to be honest with you. So, yes. Um, and yeah, I think that's it. Thank you again for coming. OneControlPro.com is the website. And uh, again, Patreon content has bonus content there if you want to check that out too. Otherwise, I hope you have a great week. Bye.